It's the Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon podcast, a weekly podcast that records about once a month as of late. <laughs> yeah. But hey, you know what? You're getting this for free, so sue us. We're coming to you off the heels, fresh off the heels of Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, but that's not the only thing we've got to talk about. There's been a lot to catch up on in these last few that's weeks. what happens when we don't record When we've months. been a little negligent, but the yeah. holidays and, you know, the other... The grocery store and all these things that you know oh, take the grocery us away. Store takes up all my yeah, time. it really takes up a lot of our times. Being that we have so much to talk about today, which includes some of the video games we've been playing, some really good fourth quarter stuff to kind of conclude the yeah. year, some of the movies we've been seeing, trailers for, of course, Last Jedi. That's going to be the bulk of today's discussion, and a lot of other stuff. So, so let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. But first, Brandon, mm-hmm. you know what's up? Yeah, we got some fake sponsors. Actually, just one today. And this is the only one we need, though. Yep. First time sponsor. I'm really looking forward to it. I heard the recording earlier and I'm, I'm excited about this f- new film that's coming out. Yeah, this is its world premiere yep. happening right here on the Random Fandom Podcast. Check it out. You've seen Steven Seagal fight terrorists on a naval destroyer. You've seen him fight terrorists on a moving train. Now. Get ready to see the real-life events of Steven Seagal mistaking seagulls for terrorists and brutally devouring them in public in The Gall of Steven Seagal engulfing seagulls in a mall in Portugal that led to his downfall. That's right, Steven Seagal goes apeshit tearing apart and eating seagulls in a public mall in Portugal. And it was caught on live camera. Experience all the brawls of the small creatures that were mauled in the mall in this epic Balls to the Walls documentary. With commentary from RuPaul, Bill Ingvall, and Katherine Heigl. See the story that shows Steven Seagal go AWOL. Forget all those Star Wars prequels and sequels. Go to the only film that will make your skin crawl. See the gall of Steven Seagal engulfing Seagal in a mall in Portugal that led to his downfall. Coming this fall. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm really looking forward to seeing that movie. That what? That hold on. Do you are you hearing this? Oh, is it still going? Yeah, it's still going. <laughs> Give it a second. So do we just do we just wait? I mean, we can. Here, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fade it yeah, out. Yeah, fade here. it out. Turn fade that out. pot down. So anyway, I'm really looking forward to seeing that movie. That looks that looks really good. Well, it sounds really good because it was a commercial, but yes. based on the sound, it's going to look really good. And you know what? I always wondered what happened to Steven Seagal. I just there's no way that he could have just disappeared. Yeah, as hard I was, as he I was did. like, he just disappeared. What led to his downfall? And we've always wondered. It was, so coming this fall, we'll get to figure it out. Yeah, it was the mauling of the seagulls in Portugal. Oh, all. hot, hot times yeah. here in this room. It, it, it really is hot in this room. I say we kick right into our first topic. Are we so? Oh wait, of course we're going to do a little retrospect because we're up against it. This year is almost over. It's December sixteenth at the time of this recording, so we got to do a quick little year in review. Last year, this time a year ago, we did kind of one that went on too long, and we got a little lost in some of our own. Did we thoughts. do our, like top ten? Yeah, we uh. we did or something like that. It was too much, so we're going to really narrow it down. As you would say, our top one. Yeah, our top one. You could just also call it your favorite, known as our favorite. Where do you want to start? So we're before we so, get into 
meat and potatoes of what's going on currently, let's take a look back at the year that was. Where do you want to start? Well, let's just talk about our favorite video game. Jeez Louise. What a year for video games here in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, before we were going to record this podcast, I was kind of thinking to myself and taking note of the games I played. I really didn't play that many. All my time was sucked up in a very select few. And credit to those games if they're holding your attention. So this time a year ago, we mentioned Consensus top game was Overwatch. Still probably played that more than any other game this year. But as far as the 2017 released titles, for me, uh, I can't... uh, We should preface. If someone is listening to this like, yeah, right. This game was way better. I'm only going to talk for... Brandon's only going to talk about games we played. Right, of course. We're not professional gamers, so we can't get to everything. Just speaking for the games we played... I'll go first. Uh, I only have an Xbox One. Now you have the big three. I mean, mm-hmm. your living room's looking like a... a I know, it's a, a pimp, right? Yeah, it is pretty cool. But I'm going to go Wolfenstein 2. I figured you were. Yeah, it is so compelling. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I'll actually talk about it a little, talk a little bit about it later. But just for the reason that I would say I've enjoyed it the most, it just, I would say, masterfully blends the cinematic, the narrative, and the gameplay. And you just... It's one of those games where you don't want to skip the cutscenes. There's been some yeah. games like, oh my god, hurry up, take forever. And you can skip the cutscenes, but they are as important and as enjoyable to be a part of the game as the actual gameplay. And just the characters are good, and it has such a good villain. She was, uh, I'm forgetting her name, but she was from the first one, but she's way more heavily featured in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the Nazi Wait, when general. When you say first one, do you mean uh, the old school Wolfenstein? Or do no, you mean... I mean the since they rebooted it a few years ago. Okay. The so um, she's from the last game. Yes. Because the last one was the first in the reboot. Was it uh, New Blood? I have no idea. Yeah, it had a subtitle. It was yeah, but yeah, but that yeah, the first one came out and was kind of the shockingly good first person shooter. Yeah, it was it was very above it average. Surprised. Yeah, all it was above average as far as gameplay, but it wasn't very creative and it, it wasn't it, super it, memorable but, but this, this one, one i i'm hearing is it right? takes everything that worked about the first one amps it up the the scenes are grander the cut scenes are longer and get a little more in depth as far as storytelling i assume the, the char- game itself is longer as well and more in depth yes no multiplayer which i know a lot of people are kind of like oh, how do you have a game but, but i'm okay with that like it's- the game player said they are the game players the developers said i read it somewhere uh, loosely quoting this they thought it would compromise the the story if they had multiplayer. And having now almost finished the game, completely agree. Yeah. yeah. The um the last time I remember being so entranced by the villain, the antagonist was Far Cry Three with Voss Montenegro, who was wow. you know all time so great. Good in this. Huh? Oh, super! Okay. Just like well, I she haven't almost, played it at all. She reminds me of something from Inglorious Bastards. Okay. Kind of. She has that like a uh, Christoph menacing. Waltz's, do you remember, of... Yeah, but do you, specifically, do you remember that Christoph Waltz character, the uh, yeah, the Jew uh, hunter, yeah. the of course the multilinguist de- uh, detective? She reminds me of him, and but she's a little more violent, and obviously it's it's more grandiose, and it's just kind of it's not fun to think about. Oh, what would have happened if Nazis end up winning the war and they came and um, occupied America? But on just like a geeky level, it's like that could be potentially maybe what it would have been like if they right. got all mecked right. out, and yeah. it, it's just kind of, it's such a good game, and they really bring BJ Blazkowicz to life in this one, more so than the uh, original entry a few years ago. And you know what? I've kind of talked about everything I would have talked about. No need to talk about it later. It's what I'm currently playing, and it's my game of the year. Cool. What my, about you? Mine is definitely Zelda. I knew it was going to be. But of course. They, they've done an amazing job capturing the magic of 
the original Zeldas. But um, taking it to a whole new era where you're in this huge, beautiful open world, it, it, it rewards you for the, the basic traversing through the environment and the basic uh, exploration pieces of it. And um, I should also say that Horizon Zero Dawn is also like pretty close to my top for the exact same reasons. Yeah. But Zelda definitely takes the cake because Zelda didn't stop you from going anywhere. Horizon had some really cool gameplay and some really great ideas, but Zelda put all that together and then on top of that said, hey, see that huge, huge mountain over there? You want to climb it, you can climb it. There's nothing off limits. And that made the game even more of an epic adventure. So I think, I mean, I'd hate to sound cliche because it sounds like Zelda Breath of the Wild is on everybody's top, but it is mine too. It really is. And you can say that having now uh, finished it, right? I have not too. I have not played the DLC though. Which you get a motorcycle apparently? Well, but it makes sense though because things have happened where technology has really jumped up. and That's why he's got a tablet basically. Yeah, he's he's literally got what is almost the copy of a uh, a switch. It, it, the tablet is it this exact same shape as a switch, and I was like, oh, pretty smart Nintendo. But also, I mean, you are fighting robots all the time with True. laser beams and stuff. And so, in the new DLC, my first thought was like, they're giving Link a, a motorcycle, but then I'm like, no, actually, you can that, that actually makes sense. I can get it into the into the lore of it in this game. It makes sense. Very cool. We're not doing top anything but just our favorite, but you did mention another game. So I want to give props as a lifelong Resident Evil fan. Resident Evil 7 did yeah. come out at the top of this year in January, and they just released DLC. Probably a game that I enjoyed a lot as well. That is worth mentioning because what a return for the series and hopefully yeah. uh, ongoing. You play the DLC? I played the free DLC. Okay. I have not. They've put out some free stuff, but I haven't paid for anything because, yeah, yeah, it's not worth paying for in my mind so let's get into the movie part what is your favorite top movie well now that we've seen star wars uh it's it's an interesting discussion but as much as i love star wars for (laughs) reasons we'll get into i still got to go logan yeah top movie it just there was not a single part of that movie that i can remember disliking or going it didn't work like that or i mean a generic bad guy okay if that was the worst of it it was just a beautiful movie and it told such a tight story wasn't big wasn't epic wasn't grand you and it know? didn't need to be and it didn't need to be and the relationship between you know uh x23, X-23 yeah. and logan just pulled at me patrick stewart's farewell for what should be his farewell for uh professor it x better be and and of course hugh jackman's farewell for wolverine which you know has had its hits and misses but he's always committed to that character over the years even oh, in yeah. just the cameo in uh, Days of Future Past when he tells right. him to F off. Just a beautiful... It was a beautiful movie. You can watch that movie, not being a comic book fan, and still be like, this is well done. So it didn't just appeal to the geek in me. It just appealed to like the the slight part of me that's a cinephile. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it was a complete movie. Because it, it it's almost a beautiful independent style movie as much as it is a big budget a uh, comic book based movie. Yes. It, it it kind of it it toes the line perfectly. Yeah, and it, really it makes did. you feel like you're watching both. And finally letting Logan off the leash or Wolvie off the leash, whatever you want to say <laughs> when he's Wolvie. taking limbs off and decapitating right. and Oh yeah, finally make it rated R. Yeah. 
You've got so, a guy with claws and a killer instinct, and so yet you're PG-13 I, in him. I totally agree with you. It was up to three movies for me. It was Logan, Guardians Thor. Of the Galaxy. Oh, God, I forgot about Guardians. No. Thor, Thor would be my runner-up. See, up. Thor would be, be... To me, Thor is better than Guardians. Uh, I like Guardians a lot, but Thor would be higher. And Star Wars. And yeah, maybe it's just because I saw Star Wars, but I, I just remember continuously feeling while I was sitting in Star Wars that I am seeing something that is historic. Like I am seeing something that is changing pop culture. And, and I was getting both the feelings of nostalgia when the Star Wars crawl came across course, the beginning. Yeah, you can't help it. And it, you hear the same, that same music John that, you, Williams. that you hear at every Star Wars, but all the way through to beautiful, from the beautiful cinematics to some of those confusing plot points that you're like, that doesn't make sense. We'll get into it. All of that, meshed together in a beautiful beautiful movie in my opinion and so i'm actually gonna say star wars spoiler yeah i know that's why i think it was good that we held off to do our year-end stuff specifically for that reason Mm -hmm. because i knew that would definitely be in the conversation because a lot of um you know review sites and geek friendly sites have already put out their best of before star wars and they like kind of had to asterisk put an asterisk near it like hey at the time star wars hasn't been out yet but should it have been out earlier, probably would have been on our list. Right. You know. What was the top TV show? And the funny thing is... is I think we, we both have the same mm, top TV show. I don't think we do. Stranger Things is not Stranger Things. That would be my runner-up. Really? What is your top then? Are you kidding me right now? No. Game of Thrones, dude. Oh, okay. It was so good this season. <sighs> yeah, I. it was. And, you know, we talked about it at length <clears throat> if you want to go back and watch... Watch, <laughs> watch yeah, us please, talk about please it. watch our podcast. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, no, I... But the, it's splitting hairs, but just the fifty-one percent share of that hair fiber is in the in I hear the, the the room of uh of Stranger, excuse me, Game of Thrones. But yeah, it, it was that was it was a really good season. It's funny because I was listening to a different podcast. I don't even recall which one, but they were saying this last season was one of the worst. And I was like, you, what are you guys smoking? It, I was like, they finally had was the that freedom w- to do yes. exactly what the maybe audience they were wanted them maybe to do. Were, you know. uh, maybe they were. But uh, I, I I agree with you. I, I think that... Except for that one episode that had a little bit of pacing issues. It was kind of obvious, you know, when... But that's normal for but a that's fine. season. It's, I mean, am I really going to say, oh, this season was awful because of that? That was really the only but thing. But they made up for it in episodes that were incredibly action-packed and, and uh, satisfying and there's an end game taking shape now. Yeah. See, if Stranger Things was up against its second to last season, maybe that would change. But I feel like Stranger sure. Things has a long way to go. And I hope it does because that is my top TV show. It's it gave me that same feeling that I got with the first one. It this time I was able to uh, watch it for the first time with uh, my girlfriend, and that you know that experience of being able to enjoy it and talk about it afterward. Although that she's does. not really an '80s kid, so she probably doesn't get a lot of the things. Yeah, she's an '80s kid. I'm well. She's yeah. You're right. I guess. Yeah, she's born up. in the '80s. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> that counts. Yeah, that works. Um, but she still feels some of that stuff. You know what I mean? She still feels like that callback to old Spielberg-esque type films. Word. So, okay, now we we went over the our our, our favorites. Just give me one or two briefly disappointments that you've yeah, had. Yeah, there's over there's the a years. fair amount, but. I don't even think a lot of people are going to remember this movie, which just speaks to how big of a disappointment it is given what kind of franchise it has been. But Alien Covenant this year, right. get out of here. That movie yeah, was, I remember you just... 
I was so, so angry. mad about it. Such garbage. Well, Hot. because Alien and Aliens are so good. Yeah, and revered to me. Um, I don't really count Alien Three. Alien Three wasn't, it wasn't horrible. Bad. Four it was, was shit. Yeah, and then Resurrection, or that was Resurrection. I don't and remember. Then, yeah, anyway. and the yeah. fact that Ridley Scott had some things to say after Alien Covenant came out, saying that he wants to get away from the xenomorphs and explore more of artificial intelligence. And I'm like, no, why would you call it Alien then? Yeah, then then make an artificial intelligence movie. Yeah, call them droids or something like that. It, it, was, it was so bad. So if we're going to start with movies, mine is Dark Tower. Once again, like you're saying, a what could be an amazing series of films was just shit on completely by this first movie. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine them making more. No, they're, I don't think it they're made done. Any money. They're done. Maybe I actually would not mind at all if they tried to do a complete reboot in a few years. Let enough time go by to where people forget how bad this was and how right. it couldn't hurt. Uh, I think even though it doesn't really need to be said, because we're only trying to do one, but Justice League was a big disappointment too. I, I expected it to be. I mean, I see what you're saying, but I expected it to be shit. Yeah, that's and, so, I, and that's why I said it kind of doesn't yeah. need to be said, but still, it's it, I can't I can't give it a free pass. But on the other hand, Mass Effect is one of those that we've had Andromeda? three amazing games before that, and then this one comes out, and it's just like, wait, what? I didn't even waste my time. I could see. I mean, don't get me wrong. I could put a lot of hours into it, but the entire time, I, I mean, I, I put maybe four hours total. I can't remember, but. None of it was memorable. None of really it was worth it. Effort, I wasn't yeah. having fun while I was playing it. It's a big game, but not worth the play. Yeah, I hear that. For me, the biggest uh, gaming disappointment this year, Prey. Prey was pretty bad. It, it, it I got remember great being... reviews, but man, it was slow. No, it was slow. It, it was sloppy. It was repetitive. <clears throat> yeah. It just, I was expecting so much more. And it was really a big bust for me. Yeah. And I, I was glad I didn't buy it. Because what the hell am I going to do with it now? And that. Yeah, that's that's the biggest gaming disappointment for me this year. Do you have anything TV-wise that you were like really looking forward to that kind of sucked? I know I do. No, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say it and you're going to be like, oh, of course. Defenders? Oh, is that 2017? Shit. You almost forget because like it was so long ago. Yeah. And the, yeah, no, yeah, that was bad. That, that was, was a mess. Very bad. That was. Uh, but uh, Punisher, I'm watching. I'm keeping up with Punisher, Punisher right now. And that's. Yeah, I think that'll good. be our next like talking point because I'm almost finished myself. Cool. I love you. That's that's nice. That's cool, right? All right, let's move on. I think we've had enough of our best of, worst of 2017 abbreviated review. How about we talk video games? Just one. I like how you say just one because it's what we're both. We have on our agenda that you were going to talk about Wolfenstein, but I already did. But you kind of already did. So let's just get into the second game. We've both been playing Call of Duty World War II. Different systems, though. But that's okay. Yeah. I, I could just Same feel game. like that's a missed opportunity to play together. I'm kind of upset about it. Yeah, but I had other friends, and uh, I prioritized them. Yeah, are they as good as me? At that game, they're probably way better. No, they're probably way better. <laughs> yeah, because you're friends with 12-year-olds, obviously. Yeah. Call of Duty World War II. It is the first Call of Duty title I've actually owned. I went out and bought this. It felt weird to do that. Like, I actually did, too. Am I a hypocrite? Like, what's going on? Because I usually criticize it. But it's it's good again. And anyone who tells you otherwise, maybe they're just not upset that there's not double jumping and laser Tethers shootings and, lasers, yeah. and, you know, flares. It feels like a Call of Duty game should be because we go back to World War II. And I'm not saying every game has to be World War II, but every Call That's of Duty game should try to World out- War II. Yeah, but, best, but what I'm anyways. saying is, is, is every Call of Duty game shouldn't try to outdo the previous one 
by making things bigger and badder and better and you know what I mean? Like it just needs to be keep keep it at the heart of the franchise and make it a war game. And they found a way to make a very, very good quality war game. Yeah, this isn't gonna win any game of the year awards, but it but des- it's it deserves close. good like, game of the year recognition. Yeah, it should be in some of the runnings. This for sure. was um you see they do their three year cycles between developers. This was Sledgehammers, I believe. I don't honestly I don't remember. I, I'm pretty sure I don't it is. Know. But let's talk about the campaign real quick. Really gripping campaign, and it doesn't glorify war. You know, it's not like big, no, sexy war. No, it makes war. it pretty brutal. It's it's downtrodden. The music's sad. There's relationships that get I mean, severed. you start with D-Day. Yeah. You literally start... Which they've done before, but it was really intense the, uh, this time around. I don't know if Call of Duty did it before. Or no, that Medal was of a, Honor did Medal, it You're right. It was Medal of Honor. Um, but when Medal of Honor did, I remember having a PlayStation 2. My, uh, oh, it was... My stepdad got one because I convinced him when we needed a new, a new DVD player <laughs> to go. get a, a PlayStation. And... And he did, and and we were he bought that game. That was the one game, and he's a, he's a military guy himself. And at the time, he was like, "This game's amazing." Not he wasn't playing, but he was watching me play it. He was like, "This game's amazing, so realistic." And he even he even was saying, down to the sound of the clip coming out of an M1 Garand rifle, is he's just like everything's just really accurate. Dang. And if he were to that see back this then. game now, yeah, it'd be too much. I, it might even be it too would much. Give him PTSD. It's incredibly realistic, and they did what uh, Saving Private Ryan does in the D-Day scene. Limbs go missing. Where where shit is brutal and bad, and you are seeing your fellow soldiers die and lose limbs, and just it starts you off, and you're just like, dude, this game is intense. Yes. Now, uh, full transparency, neither of us have finished the campaign, but I think we've gotten enough flavor for it. Yeah. Um, I do like that you're kind of just a generic, oh, I'm just a down-home Texas guy with my best gal back at home, and I'm going to ride her every day. But you get little glimpses into his past. Write her or ride her? Well, hopefully one leads to the other. If you, right. get, if yeah. you get leave if you and you riding, come home. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. And uh, your guy's name is like Red something. It's short for some other real sure. full name. Main character is a little generic, but he's just he's really the lens for which you to see all this stuff yeah. going on. You're not supposed to be anybody super interesting you're just no. supposed to be a soldier and you're supposed to be an everyday soldier yeah it's it's just it's it's good it's finally good again you know how, how about the multiplayer multiplayer is still call of duty for me every gun yes. is the goddamn same no matter if well, you're yeah. light machine submachine rifle it, the only gun that's different is a shotgun and sniper rifle but they're the same guns as they've always been the score streak because now they're not kill streaks of the score streak it's the same thing you're yeah. dropping uavs and predator missiles and all the same things and it just looks a little thing. The multiplayer is still frustrating. I thought, oh, maybe it will be a little slowed down. Nope. Dead. Dead. Yeah, They're on top of each other. Of, oh, somebody killed me from behind. Oh, somebody killed me from behind. Yeah. And so I'm, I, but you know what? I did not buy this game for the multiplayer. I played it a little bit. I've tried the maps. I'm cool. I like the, the barracks and like the, mm-hmm. the, the training grounds. So if you're out of matches, you can, you know, have a little social communal aspect to it where you uh-huh. see your actual yeah. avatar. I think that's cool. The customization's great. It's well done. If you like Call of Duty multiplayer. Right. I personally, I think the last time I really actually felt worth assault. Modern Warfare 2. Modern Warfare 2, where I actually had a kill-death ratio of over one. This <laughs> one, it doesn't do it for me. I'm already like, I think I've played like 20 rounds. And I'm already like a point six KD. Yeah. I'm like, nah, I'm done with that. And I feel the same way. I actually, the reason I bought this game was because of the multiplayer opposite of you. Because I, I have friends that played online and I, I wanted to get in that. But I, I just... Every time I think about, oh, I'm going to throw a game in, I think, do I want to hit up my friends and play that game? 
or do I want to hit up my friends and play Overwatch? And yeah. I always go to Overwatch right now. And well, I wish I could get out of it. I wish I could no, it, tell myself to stop. It's an addiction. You and I both are, are infected with it. All right. Well, I think we both agree on Call of Duty. Agreed. Good game. Yeah. Definitely worth a buy. Maybe not a $60 buy, but definitely if you could find it buy on, it on sale, yeah. 40 bucks, totally worth it. Let's move on to movies now. you don't record for a few weeks a lot of stuff pops up and holy hell between all these trailers and this big news about disney acquiring a select portion most of 21st century fox yeah damn we're gonna be kind of bullet pointed real quick but it's worth mentioning disney's gonna own like 40 percent of all media that is consumable with the american public it's now it's crazy how big they are going to be i mean they're already huge and the fact that they're getting 21st century fox most of them they're they're leaving some of the things off like fox news and fox yeah, the business stuff that you and, don't want to be associated with necessarily <laughs> if you're disney well i think it's actually the things that the owners are not letting go of because it's the only oh fair you know very very conservative yeah, it sounds like talk anymore but each side gets a, a good but this is going to be a huge deal for comic book nerds because this means disney who owns marvel is now going to get back fantastic four X-Men, Deadpool, etc. I love those guys. <laughs> I love the etc. team. <laughs> I thought it was very funny that one of the first things I saw, a statement-wise, from a Disney rep in lieu or since uh, this acquisition yeah. was made public, don't worry, Deadpool 2 will still be R-rated. I love that. Yeah, good. You don't want to taint it, the source material. Yeah, Disney, I mean, they're going to put it underneath the Marvel name yeah you're not gonna so, see the disney logo flash not, up on yeah, screen you're not before gonna see like you know, oh where dreams are made and then and deadpool then, comes out cursing up a storm and talking about chimichangas it's not gonna happen no so but it's great though that as we get into uh so we're about to get into the infinity war series which are only two movies are we going to see wolverine show up a new wolverine maybe are we going to see the fantastic four show up these are heroes, Spider-Man. These are all heroes. Actually, Spider-Man is in this one. Yeah. Sorry. But these are heroes that were in the comics. Like, they were in this series. So are they going to show up in the movie? At least, probably not this one, but the next one. Maybe. It's going to be fun to find out. Do you want to talk about, because we've got a few trailers on our docket to breeze through real quick. How about we start the Deadpool 2 trailer? Um, excited? Funny. That looks good. I'm excited to see it. If you I guys- want to see Cable. Like, I want to see... Cable's deadpan, stoic personality against Deadpool. I think that's going to be so They're funny. going to play off each other so well. I think it's so going to be well. so funny. Yeah. And uh, Colossus is back. The mm-hmm. Negasonic Teenage Warhead is back. I just hope they have a little more compelling of a villain this time around. Other than that, yeah. I mean, I'm locked and loaded, ready to go. When does... We don't know when that comes out, do we? I honestly haven't paid I can't attention. remember. Uh, of course, the big one, Marvel, releasing in May, is Infinity War Part 1. It looks really good. I hate using this word because it's so overused, but it does look epic. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna Huge lie. Scale. I, I don't. I don't know what it is about these movies, but this trailer almost kind of gives me goosebumps. Like the excitement that I got when we were in. I've seen the trailer, but when I saw it on oh, the up big on screen the, on the screen, it when changes we saw Star things. Wars. Yeah. Uh, this this trailer came up, and I just I was getting as excited. As I would have if the Star Wars movie was starting. Does that make sense? Like I, I remember that exact feeling. Everything they show is just epic, and like I love how it starts with um, 
Nick Fury's talk to them in the original Avengers, but now it's the like Avengers it's saying it back. Everything you've seen leading up to this yes. point. Uh, there are a couple of notable people that were gone. No Ant Man, I saw. And no Hawkeye. No Hawkeye. But I don't think that means they're not going to be in the movie. I just think that means that the trailers just has to be a little selective. Yeah, it's two and a half minutes. You can't show everyone because it is a huge senior class of heroes. And now, once again, are we going to get too many? Because now you're, I mean, you know, we thought the Avengers was a lot here and there, and they keep adding more, but now you're bringing Guardians of the Galaxy and... Yeah, all these other third-party properties. I'm worried about it, but at the same time, when you're fighting Thanos, I feel like you need everyone, and it might work out. I feel like someone has to die. If not this movie, then part two. Someone important, and that would kind of indicate it's either be Captain America or Iron Man, guys who have, you know, their own franchises, and they're kind of reaching their limit. Um, I don't like how they showed Thor having an eye patch in the trailer when the trailer came out like two weeks after Thor <laughs> Ragnarok. I know that's a I know little, a little bit of a spoiler. Yeah, but it's like the movie. Yeah, but... if you hadn't seen Thor Ragnarok and then you saw the trailer, like, okay, how did that happen? Yeah, and they show a little bit of Wakanda. I wish kind of they would show a little less of Wakanda. They Obviously, show Captain America with a beard. Yeah, that's sexy. But they show like a, I don't know. I think they showed their hand a little too much. I wish they would have given a little time to breathe. I get it though. You got to start playing the seed now. May is going to. May is going to be a huge month for Disney, uh, especially because um, also in that month, the Han Solo movie comes out. Oh, damn. Yeah. They're like three weeks apart from each other. So <clears throat> right when one starts to probably get a little box office fatigue. Bam. Wait. So so Infinity War comes out the same month. May. As, as the Han Solo movie. But we yes. haven't seen anything about the Han Solo movie. Because they're going to let... Last Jedi do its thing for a while. And oh, okay, we'll probably, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't they're, want, they're so you don't want to cross the streams. Yeah, they're they're so locked and loaded right now. And the last trailer that came up since we last talked to you, Jurassic World Two: Fallen Kingdom. I want to say this looks shitty. It does. What the hell? And why are you giving away story beats in the trailer like this for free? I mean. Literally, do we need to see the entire scene of where one dinosaur is about to eat Chris Pratt and then a T-Rex comes and saves him? And it's like, oh, cool. So what you're telling us is that that yeah. same, that same scene that we've gotten in two other Jurassic Park movies is going to happen in this movie too? Great. Well, now I'm not surprised about anything. Yeah. And, and what's the point of them going to the island? Yeah, you could... It, it's just getting thin. The plots are getting real thin, even for Jurassic Park movies, as to yeah. why why would you go back there? Do you remember what it was like? Here's the thing. I saw a trailer that was a making of trailer, and I got super excited because they were showing the dinosaurs and the props and all that. And then when I showed this story trailer, I was like, this looks really bad. It looks kind of like maybe a pass. You know, I'll go see it, but... I mean, I'll go see it, too. I don't think I'm really excited based on the trailer. And a trailer's job... As we all know, is to get you excited. I'm hoping that there's something about this that just totally throws us for a loop. But really, there's something, there's something missing here. Like it, there's this is not a good enough reason to make a movie, right? This is like a a Jurassic Park three level of a story. Yeah, really stretched, really thin. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we've gotten all that out of our system. That's all the movie talk aside from Star Wars. We're gonna get into the Last Jedi. It was an honor to see it. It's our topic of the week, and it's happening. It's now. a topic of the week. Full on spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, what the hell? 
is your problem. <laughs> yeah, go it's been see out it. for like a day. Yeah, so come go on. See it. You should have seen it three times by now if you're like us. I really, really want to tell you guys how much I enjoyed this movie. But let's try to rein it in we'll, a little we'll, bit. We'll hold back. Yeah. And then we'll save our opinions for the end. Full spoiler what? reviews on what? I totally thought you just said, oh, I'll save our penis till the end. Oh, you probably said opinions. Sorry. Yes. I get it. Our penis-based opinions. <laughs> that was weird. They're, I was like, wait, what? Both are kind of... Why are we going to save our penis till the end? I'm whipping it out now. Save the, I'm whipping it out now. Save the best for last. You know what I'm saying? All right. Episode eight, The Last Jedi. Where do we start? Okay. So we often, when we when we talk about movies, we'll just start going, oh, I love this. I love oh, that. Yeah, I love about that. that. I say we, let's try to go through beat by beat. Okay. So this is an absolute spoiler. We're going to go through the movie. Let's kind of go a little bit beat by beat, and we'll talk about what we liked, what we didn't like about each part. So in this movie, just as a summary, real brief summary, this is a continuation of episode seven. Picking pretty much right up. Right. So at the at the end of episode seven, Ray goes to some island on some random planet to find Luke, who's hiding out. It picks up. She's there. And Luke is not having it. She's like, I need to take you back to the rebels and, or excuse me, resistance. Yes. And, um, and he's, and, and you need to train me. And he's just like, Nope, that's not happening. All that while the resistance is fleeing from a first order destroyer and pretty much a whole fleet. Yes. And that's pretty much the whole movie, right? Like that's, that's, that's a summary of it. Yeah. And we can go into the details. So where does it start? I thought the first scene um, really set it up nicely. It's Poe basically confronting a whole fleet of the First Order vessels that are uh, causing them to flee their last planet they were on where they launched the assault mm-hmm. on the uh, the Star Killer, And now they've been found out and they're being fired upon and they're trying to get transport escorts out. And it's a, your typical Star Wars kind of vessel, but no pun was, intended. Oh, yeah, sorry. I thought you were going to say typical Star Wars battle scene. No, it was anything but. That's, yeah, I was about to say, this is different. This was a unique scene. And basically, uh, Poe Dameron is playing chicken, and it ends up leading to kind of like a, I wouldn't say a stealth bombing, but a a, a surprise bombing mission right. that doesn't necessarily go as planned. So you kind of learn through this that Poe's kind of got a little bit of a, a streak to him. You mean like a streak of doing what his instincts tell him, but even then they're not always right? And yes. like not listening to authority? Yes. Yes. So and he doesn't listen to Leia when he, she says pull out. Yeah. And he. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't want to have any more kids. I got it. No more Kylo Ren's. Wasn't funny. Was is all right. So one of the things that I noticed about this movie, I guess, I guess after this first battle scene, amazing battle scene. I just want to say that it was really, really fun to watch. But then what came afterwards was a very slow chase scene, where the first order is chasing the resistance but like nobody i don't know it was like it was it was it was they're just you know what we could totally attack them we can get all of our fighters and we could go after them but you know what we're gonna follow them at exactly the same speed where our guns don't do no good and we're just gonna wait till their fuel runs out i get it as a story plot the execution wasn't it it just it didn't really make sense i agree but let's keep going Okay. So that opening battle scene happens. You learn that Poe's a little bit of a loose cannon and follows his instincts more than he does directions and orders. Uh, a lot of people die as a result. Uh, we are int- Not necessarily. Well, yeah, I guess it, a lot of it is his fault. 
It kind of was. Yeah. So, yeah. And then the slow chase throughout the movie ensues from that point. Um, but before that... Ray is... Uh, oh, I was going to say real quick on that same scene, though. Leia. Leia gets blasted out into space and somehow survives using her Jedi powers to pull her back in. Yeah. Again, cool concept, kind <clears throat> of poor execution. Yeah, it... It was kind of like one of those things. So when it happened, my first thought was, oh, this is how they're killing off Leia. I thought so too. And I'm like, damn, they're doing it early. I know, me too. And and they, they, they had her blast out and then they didn't show her again. And I was like, whoa, you can't let that be. Like there has to be more. And then it showed her in space and she was like frosted over and, you know, yeah, pretty you much like, freezing to death. Wouldn't I your guess. head blow up if you were just <clears throat> flown around in space? Or? I, don't, I don't know what the physics would do. Yeah. But I know it's freezing cold. So they had that right. Yes. But then she uses her force powers to pull herself back in like and she puts her in this like, like the force takes over for her, like becomes like her yeah, on star. Which is cool. I mean So anyway, um you were talking about Ray. Yeah, R.I.P. Admiral Akbar, by the way, in that scene. Oh man. He doesn't even get an on screen death, they're just like, Oh, Admiral Akbar and others were Yeah, you know. and did you hear what he yelled right like as he was dying? He was like, This is crap. Like I was I was like, That's clever. How did he know? <laughs> So while Leia is catatonic, a new temporary leader also comes into play who would have a pretty important role. Uh-huh. I forget her name, but the, it was Laura The chick Dern. from Jurassic Park. Yes. Uh, she, but uh, with pink hair. Purple. It was purple. Oh, whatever. Well, everyone sees color differently. And then Ray's doing her thing on Octo or Octu. It's uh, that island planet that, that you saw at the end of episode seven uh, with a very salty Luke who the first thing... Uh, when she hands him his lightsaber, he takes it and just tosses it. <laughs> yeah. That was great. I thought, he was like, nah, I don't want this. Yeah, I don't need this. And we find out more about not only why Luke has retreated, why Luke thinks the Jedi need to end, but also why he does not want to train Rey. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of good storytelling there. And It a lo- was. Yeah. And, you know, people can say, oh, this was nothing like episode seven in that it didn't just try to put a new coat of paint on episode four so they had expected this one mm-hmm. then to be an episode five or an empire right. rehashing but it was a little bit like i mean the whole the training who, thing yeah wants to learn and a, a guy who's like no nah, i'm not gonna train you and just talks to her and mystery and but i i thought it was it was a different dynamic between the it two enough to stand alone different. it did yes there was um there was a, a fighter jet in yes, the water the little right? easter egg and obviously what they're showing is that's how Luke got there, right? Much and, like when he crashed his original jet right. uh, into Dagobah's system. I was wondering, I was like, I thought to myself, I was like, oh man, I hope they don't use that I as thought a training piece have to pull it out. where he tells her to pull it out. Because I was like, like okay. then it's too much of an homage to the point where you're feeling like you're copying. But they didn't. And I, I appreciate that. So that is happening on that planet and a lot of revelations and storytelling going on there. We'll get into some of it. But just kind of plotting out the rest of the movie, Finn also, in the midst of all this, wakes up, and he's about to flee to go look for Rey, uh-huh. because that's the last thing he saw was Rey was fighting, and he didn't he didn't even know if she was alive. Right. He wakes up, and she's just gone. Yeah. So he's obviously concerned about his friend, like a, a good soldier. Uh, he meets a mechanic named Rose, and they become part of this larger plot to do a little break-in. Basically break into the destroyer yeah. and stop the tracking mechanism that can track them through light space yeah spoiler so that alert, that way they're they getting tracked it. through because that would never happen in any Star or hi- hyperspace movies. whatever yeah light speed oh yeah whatever yeah <laughs> so good job and then Thanks. uh we kind of jump back to you know and we're not doing this scene by scene obviously but kind of jump back to ray 
learning the truth about uh, Kylo Ren and Luke and how their relationship went so south and who's really kind of failed. Who's at who, fault, yeah, almost. who failed the other person. And it turns out it's a little bit of both. It is, exactly right. And each person would tell you, and she kind of just has to come up with her own um, truth about it. And the cool thing is, is how is she knowing this about Kylo Ren is they learn how to basically force talk. And a right. lot of people, I, I, I've i been reading, some people are like, that's crap. I'm like, I thought it was really cool. And they played it I'm off okay with well. them. I'm okay with them cha- not changing the force, but finding a different way to use the force. Yeah, the force is never he, s- stale. It doesn't the, have to be the same. But here's, here's the plot point that I like. They are asking, even themselves, when they're talking, it's like, this is how weird. come we can do this? And what is making this happen? And as the viewer, you start to think, oh, are they related, right? Because uh, there's it, this big question mark about course, where Ray is and who her parents well. are. Um, and then you, it comes to find out. So uh, I'll just skip a little bit ahead. She decides, I think that he is worth saving. I think that Kylo Ren is worth saving. I'm going to go to him and I'm going to try to... I can turn him. I can she turn him. She kept saying it she, like yeah. over and over. She got a little overconfident with her newfound abilities, I thought. Yeah, same way that Luke did Very in much episode so. five. Um, well, trying to the, rescue his friends. Yeah, but then a la episode six, when he willingly surrenders himself to the Emperor and to Darth Vader, lets himself get cuffed, yeah. goes oh, to I Vader yeah, okay. and the Emperor with the uh, hope that he can turn his father back. He's like, I know there's good in you. I still see it. So uh, yeah, again, okay. it wasn't a copy as much as like episode seven was, but it had some similar elements it did. to five and six. But not enough to feel like a copy like episode seven did every step of the way. Yes. So it, it stands on its own legs. So they, he basically, she gives herself up. She gets captured in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kylo takes her to Snoke. Who was... Who, we now just see mean is, in this movie. Yeah, but he's an asshole. Can I just be honest? Like, so Snoke comes up as this big face, right? This big hologram of a face with this huge scar, and and I there was that like uh, I guess rumors around the internet and 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 people you know nerd circles talking about who is he and what does he look? Of what course, does he really everyone look like? wants to is know. He who small? Is he small? Is he big? Is he some other like past character that? We thought die. Is he a fallen Jedi or and something? And it turns out he's just kind of like a dude. He's a guy, and you don't get to know shit about but him. But here's the problem. He's obviously old. He's been around for a while, right? He's he's He knows the Force very Incredibly well. Incredibly strong with the Force. He's done Where has he we... been in this story? I that know. means he's been around for the whole story of Star Wars because he's super old. But he just now starts to show up. He's just all of a sudden the, the head of the First Order, in a way. Yeah. I don't Here's know. what I think I, about I that. that Not weird. to just diverge too much because we're still going to try to wrap up the the plot, but I think that he was almost a creation from uh, the writer of the first of uh, episode seven. Was JJ J. Abrams? Did he write and direct? Well, it had help, yes, but yes. yeah, um, he was one of I think three credited writers in episode seven, two or three. And so you think this is new director is he's just of, like yeah he had re- to work with that yeah he's like I know because he's already been shown in the first one but I'm really not feeling this character and I think he probably takes away from Kylo Ren who is supposed to be the bad guy and that obviously is why spoiler Kylo Ren goes into business for himself yeah so let's get into that a little bit so he, did, he didn't he kill, turns yes he, he kills Snoke he does he did but it wasn't he absolutely a, does okay but I don't think it was a turn I think. He wasn't like, oh, I'm good because I did oh, this. No. I think he's just like, screw this guy. He's being a dick to me. Um, I right. I, I want to rule the the world by myself. Well, I don't know if it... Yes, I think that whole he's being a dick to me, but I think that he felt a, a, an actual connection to Rey. 
And he was like, "That's why I wasn't going to." She's kill her. being a dick to Ray, and I really like her. I feel like I have a connection to her, and I feel like we could do great things together. So he kills Snoke because Snoke is going to kill Ray. Very awesome way, by the way. Yes, very. That, much that scene so. was, and yeah, he probably couldn't kill Snoke straight on because Snoke would just use the force and crush him. But he had to be tricky. Yep. Yeah, and that was a great scene. And uh, and, and then, then when, they end up fighting together, her, her and Ray fighting together against those really cool red, the Imperial guards. Guards. Yeah. Uh, or the equivalent of them. But then nowadays. here's here's the, the twist that he he says, you know, take my hand. We can lead this together. Much like Vader said to Luke. He specifically said, we can lead a new order. And you're like, dude, the first order. You're just hopping right back into the evil seat. And she did basically the same thing Luke did. Was She panicked and said, oh shit, my immediate instinct is to now kill him. And so she tried to take his lightsaber. And then that threw everything off. He's pissed off because the only two people he led in his life have now literally turned on him. So now he's probably just the most evil and fucked up in the mind person in yeah, the galaxy. And it's not completely his fault. Like it's he, not. not making him like a bad guy. Like I clearly. legitimately am pointing at Luke and Ray and saying, you guys could have changed this. But that she went to change it, but it didn't happen the way she imagined. I know, but imagine imagine if if, uh, if he said, take my hand, we'll lead a new order. And she takes his hand and she goes, this is not going to be the same. We are not going to be evil, but I will be there with you and guide, help guide, the, uh, guide us through this. She could have been at the top making sure that he's making good moral decisions. And if... Throughout that, he turned evil. Then there's nothing she could do about it. Oh, what's to say it doesn't happen? But by the end of the movie, you get the idea that he's pretty much he's declared. Done. Oh, yeah. And he's on the warpath. So, he's rest of so the movie. Anger, yeah. Yeah, really does. Rest of the movie. Finn um, and this new character, Rose, go to find a codebreaker based on some info from a very forced cameo by Maz Kanata. Yeah. Again, I don't think that was a character these these new guys wanted, but they like, well, we can't just They're like, "Well, what should we should you know, what should we do with her?" Yeah. <laughs> so, make her hologram. And they go to find a codebreaker basically, you know, like Benicio a, del Toro, a, which is kind of cool, a but Star Wars hacker basically. Yeah. And but his character was But it was flat. Very very much so. And just because you have a stutter doesn't make you a unique unique character. I mean, <laughs> no. So they do a, a thing on this casino rich glitzy planet what was it called it was like i um, don't remember i forget too but it was basically a bunch of arms traders that trade to both and sides then, yeah so that again get rich off of it. ambiguity is a big thing in this movie is like they're the bad guys just really plain bad mm-hmm. and the good guys are they always good or are they on the, always on the side of the right it did a lot of morality questioning in this movie um kind of a dud scene but the big takeaway from it was uh a don't be mean to, to horses look. that was the big takeaway yeah but there's a <laughs> Uh, you don't see it at for what it is at the time, but there's a callback at very at one of the last scenes of the movie, which we'll get into. So a big showdown when the worn down, tracked down, heavily depleted resistance finally makes it to like an old uh, crate planet. They, it's crate. It's an old salt mining. Planet, oh yeah, it's a red planet which with looked a white, amazing. Yeah, with way. white salt all all over it, like kind of like snow. Yes, so cool. Looked pretty cool. And Beautiful. then. Uh, Kylo Ren is just full on on the warpath. And then as we thought would happen, Ray comes back in time. Luke shows up, kind of, to stall and get the uh, the Resistance time to get out of there before they're going to be ultimately crushed under the yeah. might of the First Republic. And what a 
final crescendo of a scene. It was such a good scene. And this was a long movie, so I'm thinking to myself, I don't know exactly. I didn't glance down at my phone or anything like that, but I'm like, this movie's got to be over in like five oh, minutes. Oh, I remember and, you saying, you're like, it's going to end here, the right? The music starts to pick up, and I'm like, happen. don't do this again. And they didn't. No, they let I, it go through. But they teased it. They teased that it, it was going to yeah, end right it. there in another cliffhanger. I'm like, no. And what a final scene that was. And I know a lot of people didn't like it because, oh, you can't do that. That's not what the Force is. But who the Force is, yeah, who, yeah. you can't just say this is what the Force does. You can't write like a yes list, a no list. The Force can be manipulated. And, and it can Luke work. is the most Force-sensitive person in the entire galaxy. Yeah. I mean, even, oh, we forgot to mention this. Even Yoda comes back and as a ghost manipulates the physical world. Yes. Yes. By basically like... Mm. All these texts, screw them. Let's just start over. <laughs> you know. Yeah. No. And oh, I, his cameo was awesome. By the way, it sorry. Was. To, Yoda's. Yeah. Yeah. Come oh, on. it felt it. Well, it was such a callback, and it felt so good. And it yeah, it didn't feel forced. And he was basically like, no as much intended. as Luke's an old hermit, and he's just like young Skywalker. You know, just like you and have he, still so much to learn. He was the same personality, and I love that they captured it. Yes. And. God damn, that last scene was just awesome. So so when he when Luke comes in, right? Luke comes into the back way of this secure uh I don't know what it is, a hangar. A hangar, a big hangar door that's about to get blasted. Yeah, it's about to be blasted. Uh there's a battle going on outside which was beautifully shot. Very cool. Because of the red planet with the white covering and every little blast or every It'd kick up like a a, it, a vapor trail. It, yeah, it just it was just beautiful, but it also it also, the red really highlighted kind of that, without showing blood, but the red is just yes. a violent, yes. passionate color. Exactly and it was right. just, it just made the scene just so much more beautiful, but also intense. But uh, when Luke starts to, he just comes in from the back. And and I and was that, like... I remember at the time, like, okay. I, I was like, where did he come from? How did he get to the planet? Um, and then... How did he survive the barrage when Kylo Ren's like, all... Yeah. All vehicles fire. So my first, well, my first thought was, oh, he's just force communicating with Leia. Because he goes and the first thing he does, he talks to Leia. And then everybody else looks at him and says, what's up, Luke? And I was like, oh, wait, everybody can see him? That means he must actually That's be him. there. Yeah. And he, he gave looks her like he something physical. Up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. And Which it, then disappeared because that was a part of his thing as well. Um, but yeah, he goes out there and they blast him with all the firepower they have. For like a minute. He straight. walks out, brushes his shoulder off, and I, every, you just hear literally the crowd cheered yeah. at that point in the theater. And it's just like, dude, Luke is back and he's a badass. Yeah. He I love that feeling that they, they gave they gave the 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 audience just that feeling of that's your boy. That's yeah. your boy Luke. But then the final scene, or the final battle, I should yeah. say. When he's basically pulling a Morpheus when Neo's first discovering his power and Neo's just like trying to get him Morpheus is just like bending backwards comfortably and let him and making yeah. all the strikes and expend all his energy and Kylo Ren's just looking like an amateur. Yeah. And then finally I'm like, oh shit, no. Because I remember saying to you at the beginning of this movie, I am not ready for Luke to die. And then I thought, oh shit, they're really going to kill him. He's just going to... And Kylo, and he just stood there while Kylo Ren finally made his last charge with his right lightsaber. Right through the middle of him. Yeah. It was almost Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader all of episode four. And then they... Show him, and he's still standing there intact. Completely. I'm like, what the? I le- legitimately yeah. am like, what is going on with Luke? They played it out so well. The directing, this is where the directing, I think, is it's was masterful. Such a the storytelling ma- was masterful in this because just the way they revealed that that he wasn't there. He was he was doing a force 
projection. Yeah. And in the physical world, teasing everybody, including another Force-sensitive person who... Just show him, you've got a lot to learn, kid. He does. There is one big plot point, not even a plot point, I should say, one big detail that I almost feel like was omitted. What? So do you remember when Rey goes to kill Kylo Ren and they're fighting over her lightsaber? You actually had earlier said his, but it was hers. And they're forced trying to, and it pulls apart, right? And it breaks and the lightsaber is broken. That's the last known lightsaber. Right. We see Luke in the flashback with his green lightsaber, but he didn't bring that lightsaber to the fight on the planet uh, crate, he brought his blue one and it mm-hmm. shows him, he, you know, ignites it. Wouldn't Kylo Ren be like, wait, that lightsaber, I destroyed that lightsaber yeah. like half an hour ago. Yeah. I thought that was just, it's, it's a, a little point. detail, but it's I'm a really like, good point. so I thought Kylo Ren, even though he's not a dummy, but he was just enraged at the time. So he's probably seeing red, but wouldn't he have noticed that? I don't know. Small little thing. He was so filled with hate and just wanted to destroy like him. Like when he like pointed at him and he's like, destroy that yeah. target or every all vehicles fire on that. Like you could just feel like he's just lost his shit at Adam this Driver point. did an amazing he job. He really did. I know people are like, oh, he's whiny. He's a punk. Oh, he did so good in this. And again, mask off. I like him better with a mask off. They and I think to- the audience has kind of pointed that out to the point where in movie they said, take that stupid mask off. Yeah. It's almost like, hey, you know, it, we... Did that in episode seven? We're not going to do that in this yeah. one. Like the previous, you're guy. not Darth Vader. Like, I think in episode seven, th- he wore a mask specifically because he was. They were trying to beat for beat by beat, play off of episode four, and so he was the bad guy. He was the Darth Vader, yeah. and so they made him look like it with a big black suit and a mask. And I think in I think what the director was trying to do in episode eight was just be like, you know what, we're making our own story. And we're going to develop our own characters. You know, and no I like that. Yeah, and when Episode Seven come came out, even before it did, when the trailers were out, I remember people be like, "What's up with that lightsaber?" No one's complained about that lightsaber now. It's awesome again. Yeah, like that is. It looked freaking yeah, so cool. And the sounds it makes, it doesn't even sound like it. It just yeah. sounds like it's angry, yeah. like a, a swarm of bees are coming out of his <laughs> his laser sword. And Ooh, I love a when bee saber. Yeah, I love when Luke earlier in the movie said, like. What, because an old man comes out of hiding and with a laser sword is going to save the, the world or something like yeah. that? I thought that was really clever. Like He's just like, I'm old. I, what am I going to do with my lightsaber? But but he, that was a, the curmudgeon in him Yeah, when she was like, no, it's about the hope you bring. Yes. And then the movie ends. Ray and Kylo have one more connection. Like, hey, I guess we're going to have to fight each other. I don't really want to. Mm-hmm. Like, I could be cool with you. Like, they don't hate each other. They're not like enemies like she was angry they understand each other but they like sorry completely opposite ways these are the paths we've chosen so we're gonna have to clash again it's like when teammates have to fight or something like Mm -hmm. that like i'm not i'm not angry but this is just you know we're on opposite ends of a of a disagreement yep yeah so i thought this movie was awesome let's just get into some of the finer little points now that we've kind of reviewed it i'm just gonna say what kind of annoyed me and i'll do it quick that whole casino planet thing scene. It didn't need to be in there. It was, it felt, and it felt cartoonish when like ah, the little true. creatures like putting money in BB-8 and yeah, it just felt a little weird. It felt kind of forced in and I get that the callback to the later harvesting of future hope happens on that planet. At least one glimpse of it when the little boy uses his force powers to pick up the, the broom. Yeah. But that was like. We didn't really need that, and then wait—you didn't need the boy. I like that. No, the 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 whole scene leading to that point with the and oh the, no, I the agree. adventures of like riding the horse and the police chase him got a little cartoonish. It you know? did, and it was fun, but it was absolutely not necessary. I think I think what they were doing is they were trying to develop the Rose character and the relationship between Rose and Finn. Yeah, 
And um, and I think that's why they put that in there because I feel like she's going to have a bigger part. Yes. By the way, let me throw this out there. She's a mechanic, not a pilot. Why the hell is she one of 10 people piloting those ships at the last scene they want you to remember. that are incredibly crucial because she needed to be out there to save him? Those are one of those, the, and some I of those questions. I was ready for that, him like, to die, and I thought he was going to die when he was oh, going to sacrifice. I, I didn't think I, I thought he I was, was going like, to, and I was like, I'm okay with this because he's going out like a badass and he's trying to like make amends for the fact that he fought for the wrong people and really tried to stick it to him. And it was almost like Randy Quaid all at Independence Day. He was going to just throw yeah, his vehicle Yeah, but right. Finn, Finn ah. is no Randy Quaid. Let me tell and, you. Uh, and there's, there's so much more there between uh, the three main heroes of yeah. Finn, Poe, and Ray, and and I I didn't feel like the audience or the movie was ready to get rid of him yet. Yeah, so that casino scene, eh. yeah. You mentioned Rose, not really feeling her. She was a very bland character, and how she ended up saving. She saved Finn. her by crashing into. Him. Yeah, she saved him from himself, basically. And we what assume that because they kept timelining and like oh six hours until we estimate they're completely out of fuel. So within these six to eight hours, whenever they went on their mission and to the end, she fell in love with him. I don't know. That was really forced and yeah. not necessary. But that's okay. Pretty much everything surrounding her was just really average. I guess you know that Finn and Ray are not going to hook up. No, but they they're platonic. Yeah, and that's fine. I'm glad they got to see each other. Uh, Ray. The big and I think another thing why people are like, oh, this movie sucked, because we don't get the payoff. We don't get to find out who her parents are, and I think that's okay. I was okay with that because they kept leading up to it, where Kylo Ren was like, "You know the truth about your parents. You know who they were," and there's like this silence, and everybody's waiting to hear who is it. And then he goes, "They were no one. Like, yeah, they like, were just." Yeah. And I know. I remember like the music was like coming to a crescendo at that point. And it got really quiet in the theater. Yeah, he's just or when she goes, and in, I'm like, good. I don't want. I don't want her to be Skywalker. I don't want her yeah, be too to easy. be a solo. No, I want just be, her to be her own thing. Well, dude, just who, like the kid in the stable. Yes, or who was Anakin Skywalker when he, was, he became? He was just nobody. He yeah. was a owner to a, or owner. They were like slaves. He was a slave right? kid. Yeah. yeah. So I like that. The I, Force can use anybody. It doesn't yes. have to be someone who's I already mean, got your, the your bloodline. Your lineage helps, but people can be just born with it and be Force sensitive. I agree. So, and I thought that was good. And I think a lot of people got pissed that they didn't tell you anything about Snoke. Like like you said earlier, like, who I, is this guy? I felt like there was something missing, but you it wasn't it, you about let it go. him, I guess. You yeah, let it go. I but he was, he was really evil. And Circus has such command of his different tones and voices. He was like... Yeah, he was good. Yeah, he was an asshole for the 10 minutes he got on screen. Another quick little note that I was kind of bummed about. Do you remember how we were complaining and other people were like, wow, what, the point, what was the point of bringing in Captain Phasma... Oh. She had another five minutes in this movie, and then she's KO'd. Did and you hear that nerd behind us yell, Fatality, when she died? Yes. No, he said Fintality. Oh, my God. Even, even better, better. Even better. <laughs> Let's go get that guy's number. Hang um, out with him. No, and, and you still don't see her as you see the her person eye. behind her. You just see her eye, and then she falls. <laughs> Whatever. I think, I think that's another again, character they didn't want to adopt. I think it's, right. I was about to say, it's another time where the director was like, you guys gave me this character expecting Ooh, me to do something nothing with, to work him, with with her, excuse me. Yes. And you know what? I just don't think she's worth it. I'm just not going to. I want to. to focus on the mains. Okay. That being said, we've got three new main heroes, right? We've got Finn. We've got Ray. We've got Poe. Poe was awesome in this movie. But Poe po was the reason a lot of people died in this movie. And conversely, a lot of people got saved. So whatever. Yeah. Okay. So we've got them, those three. They're the new Han, Leia, and Luke. And now that... 
well, we know Han's gone. We now know Luke is gone, and Leia has to be gone via Carrie Fisher is yeah. Dead I'm in wondering real life. what they're gonna do in the next movie. But about we, that. we've by the time the next movie starts, we've traded out our three old heroes for our three new, and right. I'm okay with that. Me too. Yeah, it, it and needed Luke, to happen. Luke's departure was phenomenal. He surrendered himself, knowing that he had served his purpose, you know, in the actual physical world. Yeah. And he surrendered himself to the Force, having gone out in a yeah. la- blaze of glory. But then he just disappears. So did Yoda. So did uh, Obi Wan. I guess Obi Wan made himself disappear before Vader could strike him down. Ever. By the way, I never knew that. I know, kind of cool. It kind of made me realize that somewhere yes. along the lines. Because remember, but... Vader checks for the body, and there's no blood or anything yep. like that. So he just puts his sword up and says goodbye to the world, and says, "I'm gonna." They have to make Luke a ghost in Episode Nine to help Ray further along, though, because you know there's still a lot oh, of conflict maybe. awaiting her. Yeah, because who's going to train her? She Well, the Force is going to work itself through her like it just came to her in Episode 7. But yeah, how to refine it and start practicing it. Yeah. Yeah, Luke's got to be a ghost. And I wouldn't even mind Yoda showing up again. Yeah. That's God damn, point. this was such a good movie, man. It really was. So if you were to give it a rating. Oh, it's an A. Oh, I mean like a, like a, like a 100 out of 100%. 95. Okay. The parts that annoyed me were just enough to prevent this from being like a perfect experience right. for me, but not enough to take it away from still in that excellent category. It's funny. I was going to say 94. So we're right on track there. Awesome. So between us, 94.5. Works for us. So let's move on. Where, where are we moving to? So what, we, what's, what we, we always got close left? down our podcast. Sorry, this is a lot, long podcast. Yeah, like, we had a lot to get to. Stuff. Um, we always close down the podcast with two things. First is what we call the shadow of the synopsis. It's great. Um, and then Brandon's going to give us an awesome quote in geek history. It's so awesome this week. First, the synopsis. I'm going to read Brandon a synopsis. It could be of anything. Movie, TV show, video game, comic book. And he's just got to see if he can figure out what it is. I'm going to try, guys. I'm going to really try. Are you ready? Yes, are you? All right. In 16th century feudal Japan, Rikamaru and Ayume are two ninjas. Rikamaru is a tall, silver-haired ninja armed with a single ninjatsu sword and a scar over his right eye. Ayume is a female guard. She carries a pair of short swords. Both have been members of the Azuma ninja clan since childhood. The two ninjas serve the noble Lord Gota and work for him as his secret spies to root out corruption and gather intelligence in his province. However, the evil demonic sorcerer Lord Mayo seeks to destroy Lord Gota and, using his demon warrior Onikage, as well as other servants, wreaks havoc throughout Lord Gota's province. I'm pausing for a moment. Do you know what it is? Oh, I knew from the second sentence. Really? I didn't want to stop you, though, because what if someone's playing along? Okay, so... And it's Rikimaru. You kind what of did I say? Trouble. I don't know. You I don't know. I, I, yeah, I was... So, I left the names in there because I was like, you know what? I don't know you if... could... You omitted the names and i know this one because this is something i played a shitload of okay. back in the day and it is hearkening back to playstation one you have described tenchu stealth assassins i did i love that game they made some sequels nah, they made 14 games that's Four- too many 14 tenchu games wow that's more I, than while some i was sequels. looking up the synopsis i found that out i was like that's a little much guys i think number two was okay but yeah the first one well, was- let's bring it back though oh, imagine completely. what uh, imagine what that could be now well, people would probably accuse it of just being an Assassin's Creed ripoff. Yeah. But I remember Rice Bombs and Ninja Stars and uh, uh, Trap Wire and stuff like and that. The, and the, the tether that yes that you throw out. Yeah. Whatever I was never good is, with a grappling hook. Uh, 
I was way better with Ricky Marvin. Had, uh, he was sort of the poster child. Of you were series. kind of supposed to want to be him. Game's awesome. Yeah. Good call. So. So, you know, earlier we learned so much about Steven Seagal at the top of this podcast. Yeah. And I thought it only fitting that we celebrate the end of our recording here with an awesome quote in geek history. This, my friends, is probably one of the funniest quotes you're ever going to hear. It's not like a kill pun. It's like a future kill pun. Like he's letting this guy know that he's going to kill him. And the funny thing is, is in the movie, this quote comes with nobody around him. Yeah. He's just talking to himself. He's remembering something. Yeah. He's like responding to the memories in his head. Enough talking about it. Straight from Steven Seagal's ass kicking mouth from the 1991 blockbuster action film, Hard to Kill. I give you Steven Seagal. Money now and a lot more when I get in that office. I can take that to the bank. I'm going to take you to the bank, Senator Trent. To the blood bank. You know what caps it off so beautifully is that dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Like, shit is going to go down. <laughs> it almost sounded like Terminator 2 I was just about to say, it's Terminator. Yeah, and at the very end, he's talking to basically a black screen TV. A TV that <laughs> yeah, it, just shows his it reflection. Changes, it changes uh, 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 cameras. And he's just looking out the window and there's a TV in front of the window. And you're like, what are you, who are you talking to? Brandon, this has been a lot of fun. I'm like, literally, I'll admit, when we started the podcast, I was a little down, a little tired, a little hungry. Then we started talking about things that made me happy, like everything, and then concluding with Star (laughs) Wars. And I'm like, I could go for another hour right now. Let's not. Let's not. Because I don't think our listeners could. You guys, thanks for listening to our podcast. Yeah, we appreciate you. You're good people. And if you want to continue to listen to us, check out all our stuff in the past. Give us ratings, give us reviews, check out all the previous episodes, email us. Yeah, we got randomfandomcast at gmail.com. Our Twitter account, randomfandomwbb. Get at us, as I like to sometimes say. Like every third time I say that, and I think it's like clever. No, it's not? Mm. Okay, what do you suggest? I say we close it down. Thanks for being a fan of our fandom. And stay geeky. I keep on tripping, tripping, tripping. I'm Steven Seagull I keep on trippin', trippin', trippin' I'm Steven Seagull I wanna fight all the seagulls by the sea I'm <laughs>